0: to kick myself for all the time i wasted surfing the internet reading this article or taking a meaningless quiz watching dog videos i hate cat videos or watching porn or just looking at scenery pictures um, i guess some of that stuff isn't so bad the point is i remember cursing myself after i got done reading that damn listicle when are you really going to get stuck in the wilderness You fly a cargo plane. The only place you're ever going to get stuck in is the tarmac. Stop wasting time. But as I knelt down in front of a tree stump, carefully pulling off wedges of reishi mushrooms, I had to smile. This listicle was saving my life. My life had become about this listicle. Again. Well, it would be. If I was able to find some way to make potable water and turn these mushrooms into a thick tea or a soup, keep me healthy, or at least help prevent me from getting sick, or if I wanted to be accurate, quote-unquote, evidence suggests it would do those things. I didn't really give a shit. It meant another food source. I wasn't frozen. I had daylight, so I took them. I kept moving, and then I saw it. was coming around a corner and up over a slow rise, and there it was, jutting out of the snow, all angry and defiant-looking. It was a wing to my plane. I recognized the red. The realization hit me harder than the cold from the other night. This was the plane I flew. The plane that died in my hands and could have become my coffin. I had a momentary thought that Frank might be nearby this both thrilled me and terrified me I wanted to find him, help him save him, or have him save me I also didn't want to find him his body anyway I wasn't sure I could handle that I didn't want to lose that hope I realized I couldn't not check it out though I saw evidence of a few parts and pieces, but if there was anything useful, it was likely buried under the snow. I didn't have the time needed or equipment to dig. Then an idea surfaced and I started thinking, well, guessing, really, about trajectory. If the wing and cargo sections were all nice and close together, it stood to reason there might be a few crates nearby. I looked up Drew some mental lines and walked. Gave myself a nice pat on the back when my guest turned up right, and sure as shit there was a container. I raced over and knelt down, kicking and scooping away the snow around it. It was an odd shape, and not one I recognized right away from my plane. I wiped away more snow and saw the markings. It was a different airline passenger plane this was a beverage cart but that couldn't be I looked back at the wing and doubt crept up maybe that wasn't the wing of my plane maybe it belonged to this cart from a passenger plane no 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 I kept saying to myself I looked around at the fresh snowfall the beverage cart the wing. I was walking in a graveyard. My chest began to hurt. How many people? How many lived but were stuck and then froze? Then buried by the snow? Families going on vacation? People taking that trip to see a loved one they hadn't seen in years? Businessmen? an 18-year-old girl on her way to college, full-ride scholarship, a little baby. There's always little babies on planes. And now, all dead. All those lives, hopes, dreams, gone. Frozen in time, forever. And why wasn't I one of them? Why did I survive? It wasn't until the cold pain hit my knees that I realized I once again fell into a time ditch. How long was I there? I had no idea. I'd just been kneeling there, doing nothing. I couldn't cry. All I felt was pain over what happened and where I was. And that pain snapped me out of my head. And I looked again at that beverage cart. I'm sorry, I whispered as I struggled to open it. It was locked, and locked tight, but I wasn't done yet. I grabbed that hacksaw, that fantastic hacksaw that I found in the cabin. I worked in a frenzy to cut that lock off. That cart opened up to me like it was the gates of heaven can after can of soda enough sugar to choke a moose oh and of course there's water in soda 12 ounces in every can I just kept grabbing must have walked away with about eight cans maybe I wasn't sure I think I drank two right on the spot as I stood up I noticed a second cart not too far away I went over and repeated the process Apologize to the dead, cut the lock off, and grab more soda. This cart, though, had a little something extra. Little containers of oil for burning. It took me a moment to recall seeing something about luxury airlines touting flame-cooked meals or something. This must have been how they did it. I don't know. I never flew first class. I was either in the cockpit or in the jump seat. Either way, that fuel went in my pack. I was pretty sure the lantern I had would make good use of it. Supplies firmly stowed. I resumed my efforts to find a further way down. Must have looked for a good hour. So tough to tell the passage of time. Some points it feels like it goes so fast. Other times so very, very slow. It didn't matter where I looked. I couldn't find any way down, at least in this area. I did find one thing worthwhile, another cave. This was good, too, because I was getting cold and starting to debate spending the night if I could find a cave. I decided now was the time. Once I got the fire going and realizing I wasn't doing my match count anymore, I started to feel uneasy about the cave. The light from the fire gave me a few more clues that this cave might be someone else's home. Someone I likely wasn't going to be able to negotiate with. By the time my body warmed back up, I decided to call it a day. I wasn't going to find a way down, and even though I started this day by guessing wrong, it wasn't all bad. My liquid assets, so to speak, had improved considerably. And I learned the troubling possibility that whatever affected my plane affected others as well, which led me to the question, what the hell was going on? I left the cave and made feet back to the cabin. I knew where I was going this time, which was good because when I ran into old Ursa Major again, thankfully at a distance, I knew how to get around him and still stay on the path. I was pretty close to the cabin when I noticed that the clouds had thickened, and a light snow was falling. Great. Another storm coming. And then the howling came again. Of course, it wouldn't be a good night without my four-legged friends nearby. And they were near, uncomfortably so. As I rounded the corner, I saw two of them hanging a little too close to my home. (laughs) My home. That didn't take long. I guess it was my home. I just didn't want it to become my permanent home. Maybe just a winter residence. I darted from tree to tree, keeping the wolves as far away as possible, and looking for my break to get to the cabin. Must have waited about a good twenty minutes before they finally moved on. My body was shivering, but I honestly couldn't tell if that was from the cold or the sugar crash after the two sodas that were pretty much taken on an empty stomach. Spot and Fido, I named them, finally got out of there because the weather started to get bad. The light snowfall turned heavy and the wind kicked up. They had better places to be warm and so did I. Even though they were safely away, I didn't take the chance. I sprinted toward the door and slid inside unnoticed. Almost on cue of me shutting that door, the storm really hit. I put my gear down by my cot, choked down a few more cattails with a can of grape soda, a dish I really don't recommend if you are looking to eat for pleasure. Then I took a moment to use the corner of my t-shirt as a toothbrush. I wiped off the sweaters that had built up over the last day or more and then I wished I had a sweater. I then resumed the fetal position on the cot, blankets tied around me, and the storm raging once again outside. I did all that I did today, and here I was, back at square one. I didn't let that thought linger too long. I couldn't. Instead, I thought about all the people who were on that plane, all those souls I couldn't tell exactly what kind of plane it was, but I went with a 737. Starting with seat 1A, I went through and offered a prayer for each one. Somebody had to. In a way, it was like my own version of counting sheep. I think I fell asleep at row 15. Good. That would leave me with more rows for the next day, and maybe even the next. Now I had more reasons. To live. My Quiet Apocalypse is copyright 2018 by Are You Not Entertainment, and is a fictionalized account of an actual play in the video game The Long Dark, owned and produced by Hinterland Studios. For information about the game, visit hinterlandgames.com. Intro music by Nicholas Gasparini. Credit music by Gunslinger Andy. For information about the show and those behind it, please visit myquietapocalypse.com.